Hey, y'all, thank you so much for tuning into this message. We hope that it speaks to your life. And if you have questions, please contact us. You can contact us on the website at thousandhillsranchchurch.com or thousandhillsranchchurch at yahoo.com. And then you can also call us at 580-216-6427. And may God use this message to change your life. Don't call him a cowboy. You may be thinking, well, what are we talking about? What, what's Bo talking about? I mean, what, what do we mean by don't call him a cowboy? Well, Conway Twitty says it right when he says, that Stetson hat and those fancy boots, they don't tell you what's inside, right? The thing is, if you're going to be a cowboy, and again, this is just my opinion, I think you ought to look like a cowboy, and I think you got to live like a cowboy. Now, again, our church is for everybody. Can I just tell you that? Some of you guys aren't cowboys, and I know that, and I love it. I love it that you're here. I love it that you come, and we, we welcome everyone, whether they're a cowboy or not. But here's the thing. If you're going to be who you are, you've got to look like it, and you've got to live like it. And when it, becomes, when, it, when it comes to being the church and being a Christian, it's the same way. We ought to not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. Amen? We, not, we, ought, we ought to just not look like a Christian. We ought to live like a Christian. Here's the thing. There are so many people out there that they just want to be religious. They want to walk, you know, the way they want to walk. They want the benefits of Christ, but they don't want to live for Christ. And so our, our, our series is, what we're talking about is going from being religious to having a what? A relationship. We've been looking at this, we've been answering this question. How can we go from being religious to having a real relationship with God? Number one was this, it starts on the inside, right? You've got to have Jesus on the inside. Number two, if you have Jesus on the inside, then it should show on the outside. Amen? It should show. Again, I use my wedding ring as an example. If I love my wife, I'm going to wear my wedding ring. I'm going to show everybody. I'm not going to be ashamed. If I put it in my pocket and I said, hey, this is private. My relationship with my wife's private. No, that's not a good thing. And it's the same way with Christ. We ought to show it. It ought to exude out of our lives that we love Jesus. The third thing was, if you have a relationship with Jesus, and it's not just religion, Jesus makes you new. He makes you new. You go from being a slave to your old nature, your sinful nature, to being a slave to Jesus, honoring him, allowing him to rule over your life. And then number four, we talked about this last week. Um, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus, it changes your habits. You remember that? I mean, I felt convicted. Did anybody else feel convicted last week? Yeah, <laughs> Uh, four of you. Good. I mean, I, mean, I, I really preached it then. Um, uh, well, here's the thing. If Jesus has truly changed you on the inside, it will change your habits. You will go from being ruled by your sin to finding victory over your sin because you have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Right? And so your, cha- your habits should change. Um, if you haven't listened to any of those messages and you want to listen to them, you can go to thousandhillsranchchurch.com and you can listen to all the sermons online. So I encourage you to do that. Well, today we're going to continue our look. And here's the thing. We're going to go to number five. All right, you ready for this? Anybody taking notes? If you're taking notes, raise your hand. I love you guys. Give these guys a hand. Oh, my. Oh. 
That is beautiful, beautiful. I love note takers because with my mind, I won't remember it, so I have to write it down. So I appreciate all you note takers. Again, I don't have anything special to say. It's Jesus through me that has a lot of things to say. Amen? So remember that. Well, here's number five. A relationship with Jesus, a personal one-on-one relationship with Jesus, listen to this, number five, is to be enjoyed A personal relationship with Jesus is to be enjoyed. I want to read you a story about two sisters. You guys have maybe heard this story about two sisters. Their names are Mary and Martha. Martha and Mary. Luke 10, Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Look at the scriptures on, on the screen or you can turn there. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. It says this. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And then listen to Jesus. Martha, Martha, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. You guys think of that? I think of that every time. I grew up with the Brady Bunch. Come on now. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I want us to pray real quick. And we'll uh, ask God to bless the rest of our time. Lord, we uh, just come to you right now. And I pray that as, as we listen to this message, that it would not just be a message that, oh, we think, oh, this is a feel-good message. This is just something that, you know, all of us know. But it may be a, mes- may it be a message for all of us that changes our outlook, changes our perspective, and helps us serve you even more. And so, Lord, speak to our hearts today. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Well, here you got these two sisters, right? How many of you guys got sisters? Anybody got a sister? All right, God bless you. I only had two older brothers. They beat the fool out of me. So I never had a sister to make me a, I was going to say sissy, but none of you guys are sissies, right? <laughs> they never painted your nails. Anybody? Anybody? Did your hair? Put you in a dress? Bunch of sissies. No, I'm just kidding. Here you got these two sisters, right? And, and Jesus comes along, and guess what? Jesus is good friends with these people. I mean, he already is. I mean, he, he loves Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha actually had a brother. What was his brother's, what was their brother's name? Lazarus. Remember Lazarus? I mean, he died, and Jesus brought him from the dead. This is Mary and, and Martha's brother, Lazarus. Well, they're, they're, they're sisters, and uh, Martha is, may, she's probably more like me. How many of you guys are more like Martha? Let me describe Martha, and maybe more of you will raise your hands. Um, Martha had some positive qualities. She was a hard worker. She, uh, probably, her heart was probably right. I mean, she loved Jesus. Uh, she was probably talented. She probably got the job done and probably really did it well. She was dependable. But then she had probably what you could say was not so positive uh, characteristics as well. She was probably more intense. You think about it. I mean, she's like, oh, I gotta, I, I, I gotta get this, I gotta get that done. I mean, Jesus is here. Come on, come on, come on, come on. 
I mean, she's probably like a chihuahua on crack. You know what I'm saying? She was probably real intense. She probably was maybe a worrier. Huh? She was probably a busybody, or she was probably wound pretty tight, but she was distracted by Jesus being there, not encouraged by him being there. Martha was probably more worried about what Jesus would think about the meal rather than just sitting with Jesus and enjoying Jesus. How many of you guys would say that's what you're like? Yeah. I'm kind of like that. <laughs> um, but then there's Mary. What about Mary? Mary, she, was, she had some positive traits. She, was probably, um, she probably has her, her priorities straight. I mean, she kind of knew that Jesus was a guest, and she wanted to be with her guest. Um, she knew how to sit and enjoy company. How many of you guys, when company comes over, you're more worried about, again, being in the kitchen rather than just sitting on the couch and enjoying people? Anybody like that? Yeah, that's that, again, that's, a, that's, a, that's okay, but listen to this. Mary, she probably, on a negative side, she may have been a little lazy. I mean, sometimes us people that maybe, you know, enjoy people, we get kind of distracted by people and nothing gets done. How many of you guys are like Mary? <laughs> God bless you guys. I love you guys because you guys balance me out. Well, here's the thing. Mary was probably more relational. She knew that being close to Jesus was more important than being busy for Jesus. Now, here's the thing. If you are a religious person, and again, I use religious in a negative way. Uh, some, you may describe yourself as a religious person. That's okay. In, in this series, religious is not the answer. I want you to get that. But if you're a religious person or you kind of tend to, to be a little anal about things when it comes to your relationship with Jesus, you're probably more like Mary or Martha, right? And, and Mary, she probably frustrates you. When you read this story, you're thinking, Mary's a slacker. And you're thinking, why didn't she get up and help Martha? Well, here's the thing. You may ask, well, you know, aren't we supposed to serve Jesus? Aren't we supposed to work hard? Aren't we supposed to get busy and do good things? But here's the answer. Yes, but not at the expense of just enjoying and simply being with Jesus. See, this is the part that we miss. If you've been in church for a while, this is a part that probably you struggle with. Because you've gone from loving Jesus, knowing that he's forgiven you of your sins, feeling that passion for loving him to going, okay, today I got to do my checklist. Read my Bible, pray, love Jesus, smile, act like a Christian. Done. Good. See, that's what religious people do. And, and the truth is, if you've been in church for a while, we've all been like that. I mean, I want you to think about it. If you've been in church for a while, you've probably gone from enjoying Jesus to going, man, I got to do this for Jesus today. Am I, anybody with me? Can I get a witness? Am I the only one? Okay, a bunch of liars in the house. You, just, you think Jesus can't read your mind. He knows. He knows. Now, here's the thing. I want to use this example. You know, again, a lot of times we miss enjoying things because we feel like we've got to always be doing something with it. I'll use a horse, for example. I love riding horses. I love it more than anything. I love training horses. I've started a lot of the horses that I get to ride. But here's the thing that I struggle with. I always want to train them when I ride them. Instead of riding my horse and just throwing the reins to him and letting him lope off or ride off or walk off, I'm always turning him. <laughs> Let's work on these turns right now. <laughs> Let's work on that sliding stop. Let's get busy. I mean, I want to see you back up. You get going. I mean, I want to work. 
instead of just enjoying my horses. Another thing that I, I don't know if you do this or not, but I, I, I do the same thing with my kids. I want my kids to be the best kid that they can be, and they better get it done right the first time. You better say yes, ma'am. You better say no, ma'am. You better say this. You better say that. And I want to train them rather than just enjoying them. Anybody with me? Would you be willing to raise your hand on that one? <laughs> yeah, we're more kind of intense, and we want to get the job done. But in essence, God has given us our kids, our horses, everything that we have for our enjoyment. And you say, aren't you supposed to train your kids? Yes, but that doesn't need to be necessarily the first priority. You need to love them, enjoy them, serve them, show them God's love. And then alongside of that, out of that love, you teach them the way that they should walk. You see it? Another thing is, and I'm a pastor, so I can say this. A lot of times when I'm reading my Bible, I'm reading it for your sake. Here, I, I'm letting you in on a little secret about me. When I read my Bible, I'm reading it thinking, God, what are you going to want me to preach about? Rather than, God, what do you want to say to me? You get it? Again, a lot of you guys maybe are in leadership or maybe you've been religious for a long time and, and, and you, you've been in church for a long time and it's all about what can I share with somebody else rather than what can God say to me today? And I miss enjoying just hearing from God and instead of just when I hear from him saying, okay, God, that's what you want me to speak about, thank you. You see the difference? And so again, here's the thing. We are called to serve God, but what he desires more is for us to enjoy him. Us to enjoy him. As believers, we should make it a priority to enjoy walking with and loving Jesus. If we get that straight, serving him will come naturally and be more fulfilling. I'm telling you, because I know from, from personal experience, when I enjoy preaching, when I enjoy preparing for a sermon, when I enjoy serving people, it makes me want to serve even more. Here's the thing, at Thousand Hills Ranch Church, and you may have figured this out already, we have rewritten the definition of reverent. Um, some of you guys walk in here and you're like, dang, we've got to pull my hat off. I mean, seriously, you shouldn't have a hat on in church. Oh, uh, they didn't pass an offering plate. God, I mean, what's the deal? You know, or, you know, somebody's clapping. You got to stop that clapping. I mean, seriously, some, some, for some of us, it's hard for us to enjoy church. Some of you have grown up like me in a generation where, you, again, you were stiff-lipped. You didn't clap. You clap? Did you just clap? You got it. I mean, the deacons came after you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was just kind of, you know, intense. You were to be reverent in church. And again, can I, can I, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I desire to revere God. Amen? I believe he is the holy God, I believe he is the God of the universe. He deserves respect. He deserves honor. He deserves glory. He deserves all of those things. But here's the truth. I think the church has missed out enjoying giving him honor, giving him glory, and serving him. Can I get, a, can I get some clapping on that? Come on. Because here's the thing, we, we ought to be able to enjoy serving God, not just come in stiff-lipped, butt-puckered. I mean, I mean, seriously. And you say, well, Bo, okay, I, I know what you're saying. 
And I want to clear this up because here's what I want to do. What are some things that keep us from enjoying God? Here's number one. Number one is this. These are the things that keep us from enjoying God. We feel like we have to pay him back. Did you hear that? We feel like we have to pay him back. Anybody ever been in debt? We're going we're gonna to get all your, your nobody, no, okay, thank you for being honest on this answer. Anybody ever been in debt? Yes, all of us that probably at some point, if you're an adult, you've been in debt. And I don't know about you, but when you get your first, let's say you get your first car, this brand new car or whatever, you, or truck or whatever it is, and you buy it, you love it until you get the first bill. Amen? Then I get to praise the Lord on that one. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, I got this new Dodge, and I mean, I'm like driving around, and the bill comes. It's like, dang, I hate this truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she said because it was a Dodge, not because it, you got a bill. <laughs> Come on now. Okay. Well, I, I, never mind. I'm not even going to go there. But you, you, you buy a something, and you feel the weight of the strain of the debt. I mean, it makes you... It just weighs things down. It grinds on your emotions and your nerves. And you go to work because you got you to you pay that bill. And it can even take away some of your health. And we think, you know, that this is going to be satisfying, but in the end it really doesn't satisfy us. Anybody ever been out of debt or debt-free? Yeah! Now, again, that's awesome. And, and I encourage you to, to work at being debt-free. But here's the thing. If you've ever paid anything off like that truck, even though it was a Dodge, if you've ever paid it off, it's freeing. I mean, you're like, dang, that feels good. Weight lifted off, and everything is better. Now, here's the thing. You, you, some of you guys don't enjoy Jesus because you feel like you have to pay him back. Can I just let you in on a little secret? He has paid your debt. <clears throat> Jesus Christ paid your debt. 1 Timothy 2, chapter, five, or chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a what? A ransom for all people. This has now be, or been witnessed at, to at the proper time. Do you see what it's saying? Jesus has paid our debt. You can say, well, i got to pay my debt back. I mean, I, gotta, I owe God. Yes, we all owe him but we can never pay it back. You know why? Jesus is the only one that could do that. Here's the thing. Religion, legalism, they think, well, uh, you know, we have a debt to be paid, and it needs to be paid with soberness. It needs to be paid with fear and trembling. We need to grovel and just grovel before God and say thank you and all that stuff. I mean, they need to grovel. Listen, I believe, again, the Bible teaches us that we should cry out, but we should cry out in thankfulness in joy, in peace, in love for what he has done for us. Not because we're fearing him or we're trembling. And should we fear him? Yes, in a respectful, reverent way. But not fear him because he's paid our debt and we, got, we ought to owe him. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this. It says, for it is by what? Grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a what? Gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. Here's the truth. A gift is a gift. If you've ever given a gift to someone and they said, hey, uh, so how much do I owe you for this? What does that do? 
mean, it kind of steals the joy, right? I mean, it's kind of like, dang, dude, I, I don't, I'm not giving you this gift because you, you need to pay me. I'm giving you this gift because I want to give you a gift. You can't pay it back. I mean, again, it's a gift. Being a believer in Jesus Christ has nothing to do with paying God back. It has everything to do with enjoying the gift out of our thankfulness and loving Him. But sadly, a lot of religious people want to say, you know what, that gift is a burden to bear. I've got to bear that burden. I've got to live, I've got to, you know, I've got to do things. I've got to, you know, do all this stuff. I've got to act this certain way. I've got to do all this stuff so that I can earn or pay him back. No, that's not the truth. Isaiah 64, 6 says this. We are all inflicted and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. You get what that's saying? I mean, the, the things that we think are going to pay God back, all the good deeds, all the good acts are nothing but filthy rags. And you say, well, what do we do them for? Why do we do them? We do them out of our love for him and out of our thankfulness for him, not out of our duty. Do you see the difference? I mean, again, that should, that should, that should release you. Again, our deeds are not good enough to pay God back, but only Jesus was enough. Only Jesus was enough. And you still may be thinking, well, I have to earn it. If I'm going to receive something, I want to deserve it. Here's the thing. You can't earn his love. You can't. I'll read you a couple of verses. You say, well, that's not true. I've got to earn it. 1 John four nineteen. We love because he, what? First loved us. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were what? Still sinners. Christ died for us. You know what the truth is? He died for you. He died for me while we were still living in sin. It wasn't like he said, hey, come clean. You know, come to me all cleaned up and, and I, or, I, you know, love me more and then I'll love you. No, he says, you don't love me? Guess what? I'm going to die for you anyways. You can hate my guts. You can, you can hate the church, you can hate the preacher, you can hate everybody, but guess what? I'm still going to love you, and I still died for you, and you can't pay me back. And so number one, we, we oftentimes don't enjoy God because we feel like we have to pay him back. Number two is this, and I'm done. Number two is this, why, why don't we enjoy Jesus? Why don't we enjoy our relationship with God? It's because of this. Number two, we feel like Jesus is like the formal living room. <laughs> now, I know some of you guys grew up on a farm and all that stuff, but where I grew up, we had formal living rooms. Anybody grow up in a home that had a formal living room or a formal dining room? All right, you guys are blessed people. Because here's the thing, my mom, she loved the formal living room. If you don't know what a formal living room is, it's one of those rooms that's at the front of the house, right? It's got a big window on it so that everybody can see in. And then they have all these fancy couches, fancy chairs, and fancy stuff, fancy lamps, fancy carpet. I mean, a carpet's usually cream because it's, it's white. I mean, it's beautiful. And so you got this formal dining room or this formal living room. And, and, and again, you think, well, I ought to be able to go in that room. No. I mean, if you've ever had a mom like mine, my mom, she was like, you guys never go into the, the formal living room. 
That's for formal events. That's when friends come over. And I, I'll never forget it. You know, if I ever walked into that room and if I ever laid down on the couch and my mom caught me, and you know what she said? That, that couch isn't for laying. That couch is for looking. We look at that couch. We don't lay on that couch. You need to get out of the formal living room. And again, I think it was my mom's fantasy room. <laughs> I think when she walked into the formal living room, she was like, I have control of my life. Look at this room. Everything's perfect. And she walked into her fantasy room. And because then when she walked around the corner into the den, she saw total chaos. Because we had three boys and we trashed the place. But then she'd walk back into her formal living room. I'm in control. Life is good. Listen, here's what I think. I think a lot of times we treat God like the formal living room. Oh, no, no. No, 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 don't walk in there. No, 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 you can't get close to me. Don't touch me. And we think God is this guy that, oh, no, we can't touch him. We can't get close to him. We can't walk close to him. If, if he, he doesn't want to touch us. I mean, he's clean. He, he uses Germex. doesn't want to touch us. And we admire God like he's this old antique that's to be not touched. Listen, those of us that have been saved by the mercy of God, we are called to recline with God. We are called to embrace him and to be embraced by him. We are called to laugh with him and to find joy in him. We are called to touch him because he wants to touch us. If you think about it, everybody that ever touched Jesus, or I don't know, not everybody, but, but there were individuals in the Bible that touched Jesus, and guess what he did? He healed them because they just touched his robe. There's a lady in the Bible that touched his robe, and he knew it. And he said, who touched me? And guess what he did? He said, because your faith, I'm going to heal you. He walked around touching people and healing them. He touched the little girl and healed her. He touched the crippled man and healed him. He touched the paralytic who came through the roof and healed him. Some of you guys think, well, he's not a touchable God. He doesn't want to touch my life. He doesn't want to be close to me. I stink. I'm covered in my sin. No, listen. James 4, 8 says this. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Amen. Let's. Here's a, here's a question that I have for you. And again, this will show what, how, how you are on the religious scale versus the relationship scale. If Jesus were to come back to earth, and he were to have one conversation with you, and only had one thing to say to you, what do you think he would say to you? Don't answer that out loud. Just think about it. Some of you, you think this. You think Jesus would say, okay, here, here Bo, here's what you need to fix. Uh, here's some things that I think you're lacking, and here's some things that I think that you need to work on. If you will just increase your quiet time by 20 more minutes, I'll be satisfied with you, and I will love you. If you will just, uh, you know, just witness to three more people a day, then I'll love you even more. See, some of us have gotten this idea that you, I got to perform. I got I to do something for Jesus to love me. You know what I found? 
In the Bible, when Jesus approached the worst of the worst sinners, the biggest sinners, if we want to call them them, the biggest, the guys that have done the most sin and have, have made a fool out of themselves and a fool out of Jesus, you know what he said to them? I love you. I forgive you. He, you know what he said to them? Thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving your life to me. Thank you for for giving all of your stuff to me. Thank you for giving me your heart. And, 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 and he, says, he says, maybe it's because of you that I died and I gave my life. John three sixteen and 17 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Then verse 17, For God did not send his Son, listen to this, into the world to condemn the world, but to save it through him. You say, no, no, no. God came to condemn. He came to defeat. He came to conquer. Listen, God will conquer Jesus will return, and he will conquer this world. Amen? But listen, he has come to show us love. He has come to forgive you. He has come to give you peace. He has come to give you mercy. He's come to give you joy. Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. That he's good. Some of you guys, you need to hear this. You have permission to enjoy God. Maybe you need to button, unbutton one more button. <laughs> All right, I'm going to relax. I know you guys don't be tempted by that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> some of you guys got that. But so, seriously, some of you guys need to unbutton a button. You just need to relax. You need to realize that God is okay with you laughing in church. He's okay with the preacher making stupid jokes. He's okay with us clapping. He's okay with you enjoying him. He's okay with you sitting on your horse and enjoying a ride talking to him. You don't have to just sit and, I've got to read my Bible. I've got to sit in my recliner. I've got to do that. No, enjoy him. Walk with him. Ride with him. We should strive to love and enjoy God's presence and his provision. And out of that joy, we will serve him. I don't know about you, but this is releasing for me. And I need you to help me be reminded of, hey, Bo, enjoy Jesus. Enjoy serving him. He's given you all you've got. Enjoy him. Thankful. Be thankful for him. And maybe you need to do that today. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute. <clears throat> How many of you would say, you know what, Bo, I'm a Christian. And, and, but I can't remember the last time I just enjoyed being with God. I, I can't remember the last time God, I just laughed at something that God did. Or I, I just, didn't, you know, I just laughed at, the, at, at something that, that, that I just thought about and God showed me. How many guys would say, you know what, I, I don't remember the last time by raising your hand. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to make fun of you. Yeah, there's some people all across this room who say, you know what, I don't remember the last time I enjoyed God. Maybe your prayer, those of you that maybe raised your hands, maybe your prayer needs to be this. Lord, teach me to enjoy you. Lord, remind me of how much you love me. Lord, 
Show me how to serve you out of love, not duty. Maybe you need to say, Lord, change my priorities. Help me to get my priorities in line so that I can love you and enjoy you, and out of that, I can serve you. Maybe you're saying today, you know what, Bo, I don't, I don't feel worthy of his love. I don't know how to accept his love. I don't know how to smile with God. I feel like he's this, this judgmental jerk that's just going to put his thumb on me and repress me from doing things that I enjoy. No, listen, God is love. He says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you you and enjoy it my yoke is easy and my burden is light and so some of you need to say you know what i I don't understand god i don't understand how he works but i want to enjoy him i want to learn to enjoy him i want to learn to you know accept his love and you may be thinking well i'm unworthy guess what we're all unworthy none of us deserve it you know what we deserve we deserve to be crucified But Jesus was crucified for us. God sees you differently than you see yourself. He loves you warts and all. He he wants us to come to him just as we are. So maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I wish I enjoyed God. I wish I enjoyed Jesus. I wish I had him in my life. Listen. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, if you've never given him your life, you can do that today. Jesus came to the earth so that you could have life and have it abundant on this earth and in heaven. And you say, Bo, is it, a, is, it a, uh, is it an easy life? Probably not all the time. Is it, a, is it always uh, fun? No. But can I tell you this? It's the only life to have. It's a blessed life. You say, are you always happy? No. But I can always find joy. You say, Bo, uh, do you always always have this this good feeling? No. But I know where to get that good feeling at. Some of you need need to show God that you love him by enjoying others. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I, I had a funeral in the, in the city this weekend and it was for a child who was 85 days old one of my best friends had a son named Toby and he lived 85 days and I don't know about you but that impacted me and it makes me want to enjoy my kids it makes me want to enjoy my family it makes me want to enjoy God even more. And so maybe some of you are here today and you're so wound tight that you can't enjoy life. Listen, my prayer is that God would unwind you. Maybe you need to, instead of, you know, just drilling your kids, maybe you need to put your arms around them and, and go get dirty with them, roll on the floor with them, get in the mud with them, splash through the puddles. And you need to do it because God wants you to do it. And he's given you those gifts for your enjoyment and his glory. Maybe you need to go to work tomorrow and you need to enjoy your day rather than being a crab apple 
Here's the thing. If you will enjoy God, others will, in, will see that and they'll want to enjoy him as well. And so again, maybe you're here and you've never come to Christ. You've never had a relationship with Jesus so that you can enjoy God. Listen, you can never enjoy God without knowing Jesus. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And if you will come to me, I will give you rest. He he will show us the way. And so maybe you're here today and you say, Bo, I want to know Christ. I want to accept him into my life. I want to know him personally. Listen, you can do that right there in your seat. I did this when I was nine years old and I prayed and I said, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I know you can forgive me. I want you to save me from my sin and I want you to come into my life. Maybe you need to pray that right there where you're at. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I don't deserve your love, but you gave it to me even while I was in my sin. I thank you for that, and I want you to save me, and I want you to come into my life. Maybe you just need to pray that right now. Here's the thing. If you just prayed that prayer in in your heart, and you meant it, we want to know about it. We want to know about it so that we can celebrate with you, so that we can get you a good Bible, so that we can show you how to begin to walk with Jesus and enjoy him. And so if you just prayed that prayer, all we ask you to do, it's, we're not going to ask you to come to the front. We're not going to ask you to do anything that will embarrass you. You just go to the, the guest table. You go to the, the table out in the foyer, grab one of those orange sheets, fill it out, put it in the offering bucket, and we will contact you. It's that simple. Maybe you're here today and you made a decision and you're like, I don't want to fill out an orange sheet, but I'll let somebody know. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you have a phone, if you text, all I'm going to ask you to do is text your name to the number on the screen as you leave and we will contact you. It's that simple. You say, Bo, I made a decision for Jesus today. I need prayer. I need someone to contact me. I want to know more about Jesus. Text your name to the number on the screen. That's all we ask you to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. And we're going to be done for today. But I pray that as you walk out of here, that your prayer is, God, teach me to enjoy you so that I can serve you like you want me to. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for how it speaks to our lives. I thank you for the example that Mary and Martha gave us. And I pray that those of us that tend to be like Martha would embrace what Mary had. Maybe those that that tend to be like Mary need to embrace what Martha had. But most of all, we need to enjoy you. We need to be not distracted by the things that we think are going to impress you. And we just need to enjoy your presence. And so Lord, just may 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 we walk out of here knowing that. May we live like that so that others can see it in us and their lives can be changed as well. We thank you. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for being here today. Again, we want to thank you for listening to this message. And if you have questions, please contact us. We would love to visit with you. Again, Thousand Hills Ranch Church at yahoo.com. Or you can contact us by phone, 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.